We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Welcome to the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number 20. I'm one of your hosts, John Gayhart, and I'm sitting next to my wife, who I am so incredibly proud of, Amy G. Thank you. Hello. We are going to learn why I'm so proud of her. That's every day, right? Every day. But we're going to (laughs) talk specifically of why I'm feeling proud today, but that's for later. Right now, Amy G, I want to talk to you about the fact that our son, Jack, last night had homecoming. He did. And it's his first. He's been, I mean, in middle school, there were some dances. He was a freshman last year in high school. So, of course, they had homecoming, but he didn't go. Yeah. Now he's a sophomore and he pops on us this week that he wants to go to homecoming. Uh Uh-huh. He sure did. He popped it on a very busy week also. (laughs) A very busy week. Yeah. And we were really like out of it. Like we were uninvolved and out of touch. And I wish it wasn't that way. Yeah. We'll learn why a little bit later. We're going to talk about why this week was so busy. But how does it make you feel that your son went to homecoming last night and like spent the night out in a group? Not with girls. Not with girls. I mean, it was boys and girls going, but the spend the night was not boys and girls. Right. But I I love it. I'm glad that that he went. I'm glad that he was able to be with friends like that. I hated that I wasn't there taking pictures. But I mean, when you find out like three or four days before the thing. On one of our busiest weeks of the year. Yeah. And he gets it. He know He's a boy. He's, you know, it's different from boy mom and girl moms, but Jack is into all the pictures and he loves that. He does. Um, So he's fine. It's more me that I'm sad that I missed it, but it's totally fine. I mean, he, he gets it. He knows, he knows and I'll get over it. I'm so glad that he went. I was like, I've been bummed the last couple of years that he didn't go. I was so glad when he wanted to go this year. At the same time, it's such a realization for me because I just remember me going to homecoming dances and what that meant. And I'm not ready for him to have to be there yet, you know? <laughs> and he's growing up. He's, he's growing, growing up. up. And it's, there's such great things about it that he's driving Mabry right now while yes. we're recording. But then again, you know that this is his, he only has two more homecomings after this, right. you know? So thinking about that is hard. Yeah. That part, that part's difficult. He's growing up. Yeah. We have such a great show today. We have a conversation with Jamil Owens, who is just an awesome, awesome guy that we've gotten connected with. And so we can't wait to introduce you to him later and for you to hear what he has to share. He had some great words for us and for all of our listeners. So that's later in the show. Before that, we're going to have our weekly segments, Amy and I will. But first, we're going to do a shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. The Abled Movement is a nonprofit organization that exists for two reasons. 
first is to raise awareness that we need more opportunities for adults with special needs to live out their joy and purpose in community on a daily basis. Second is to raise money for organizations that offer these opportunities to help them promote and build their programs. Both the awareness and the funds are raised by selling awesome awareness t-shirts that have positive and uplifting messages. These shirts are super comfortable and make great gifts for friends and family. You can order shirts and learn more about the Abled movement at weareabled.org. All right, Amy G, what's our first segment called? See, what had happened was... So here's what I want to talk about this week. Bring it. I think I found out what one of the worst parts of COVID is. Okay. It's people talking about COVID. It's people talking about how much they think they know about COVID Mm -hmm. and how much other people don't know about COVID and how it's all lies and it's all a conspiracy Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong. Yeah. There's a chance that COVID is very similar to the flu. Sure. In how it impacts people in, you know, how, what it's going to do long-term. There's a chance, because I don't know. Right. But I hear all the time, all the time, people say, oh, the same amount of people die from the flu. COVID's not that big of a deal. It only impacts these people. It's all because the campaign is coming up. Come December, it's going to be gone. All these different things. Don't believe what you hear. Don't buy into it. Don't live in fear. Like I'm hearing this stuff all the time. Yeah. The reality is we may find out later that there's some truth to those things that they're saying. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. But here's why it bothers me is because they also don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I just have to trust that there's people who are smart mm-hmm. and there's people who are trained to give us the best information that's going on, that's, that's out there. And for me to s- spend any energy on questioning those people, like I just don't see a great value in it. Like I think I should be doing other things than trying to question them when I know nothing right. about it. And I, I understand why people have this like pent up because we're all frustrated. We all want things to go back to normal. We all want work to return to normal. We want school to return to normal. We want to not wear masks anymore. We want everything to go back to normal. And one of our ways to work through that is to vent about it and to talk about it. But it just doesn't do any good. It doesn't do anybody any good to just hear so often and think about it so often that people are lying to us. The media is lying to us. This is all. And so hearing that conversation to me has become the worst part of all of it. Well, and I don't understand how, you know, you said people say, don't live in fear. I don't see what wearing a mask, like I'm not fearful. No. But it's kind of like John does a thing where if there's like a trend or something, remember when the hologram it's, bracelets? It's my just in case. He, so John gets stuff just in case it works. Right. <laughs> so when holograms used to give you superhuman strength, you know, they'd have them on the bracelets or one of the um, copper bracelets yeah. or something like that. John always does it just in case. I'm the first sucker that's <laughs> going to come home with something because 
if this thing is supposed to give you better balance, what if it does? Yeah, just in I, case. I don't want all these other people to have good balance and me not. But you don't want to be all flopping around out there. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but I don't understand why wearing a mask is such a big deal. Right. I just don't get it. And I mean, come on. If it's going to keep somebody else from getting sick, then just do it. Yeah. Just do it and move on with your life. Like you're saying, oh, it's consuming people. And then, no, you're the only one talking about, like, <laughs> quit talking about it. You're the one that it's consuming, not me, you know. And the only part of COVID that um, I really struggle with is the fact that, be, I mean, shutting things down, I get it. Like it has to happen. What makes me sad is for those in school that they're missing this certain amount of time and these certain amount of activities that they may not get back. Um, so for seniors playing their senior year of football, you know, or um, band kids, their senior year, it doesn't matter. But missing out on those special times that you just can't get back. That part stinks. And the small businesses who Absolutely. have gone out of business, people yes. who have lost their jobs. Yes. All of that. But I don't, I mean, I just don't feel like everything is a conspiracy theory. Um, and we just need to. But you know, there's a lot of people who do. I do know this. And I hear from them all the time. And I'm just, I don't. Here's where. I think, I think that's more living in fear of believing all of these conspiracy theories of just live your life, like live your life, wear a mask when you're out, wash your hands and let's be happy. <laughs> here's where my, here's where my brain goes with it is I don't know what's true and what's not. Mm -hmm. So when they say this is all made up for the campaign, okay, what do I, I got no information that tells you you're wrong. Right. Or this is real. Like this is going to stick with us forever and we're nothing's going to get back to normal. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any information to tell you you're wrong. Right. What Where my brain goes is there have been lives dramatically impacted. And I'm not talking about the people who got sick and have passed away. Of course, those families' lives have been dramatically impacted. I'm talking about the businesses that have shut down. I'm talking about the people who have been laid off. And here's what I think about. The Olympics got canceled mm -hmm. or postponed. For the Olympics, which is the largest event in the world, mm -hmm. it happens every four years. This is like billions of dollars that gets impacted in the Olympics getting postponed. Mm -hmm. The people who are making these decisions are extremely smart. You don't like I just my brain doesn't allow me to process the fact that the Olympics gets postponed worldwide mm -hmm. because of the two politicians who are running for president. Right. I don't, it doesn't process that way. My no. brain doesn't process that way. So I can't tell these people that they're wrong, mm -hmm. but I don't see any benefit in them, in us talking about it. Right. For me, if there's a sign on the door that says mask is required, I'm going to put the mask on. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden masks are no longer required, I'm probably not going to wear a mask, yeah. a mask, unless I'm around people who ask me to wear a mask. Sure. If they want me to wear a mask, I will. I don't care. It's a mask. Yes. Who cares? Yep. Um, I just, I, that part of all the bad things of COVID, aside from 
the people who have gotten really, really sick and passed away and lost family members from COVID, this part of it has become what I like the least. Yeah, and I think it's just, I just feel like our country right now just wants to fight. Yeah. And any topic is something else to divide our country. And that's what's just so sad about everything. Everything is divisive. Should you go to the movies? No. The <laughs> celebrities are making too much money. And da, 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 da. Should we watch football? No. They're kneeling. And yes, yes, they need to kneel. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. People want to fight about it right yeah. now. And I really feel like social media is spearheading that. Like, I think it has gotten worse because of Facebook. Hmm. I really, really do. Because these... Um, People seem to just get really, really brave behind a keyboard. You know, like they don't they don't care about how what they're saying impacts others. Yeah. And I think that that's leading to divisiveness. Yep. I hate it. And part of it is understandable because my typical response to like what you're talking about right now, Mm -hmm. my typical response, what I want to say right now is people just go out and find something that makes you happy. Yeah. Okay. That's typical. Now, there's a little bit of caveat with that right now because not everybody can go do what makes them happy right now. Mm-hmm. There are things in, and and it's slowly like loosening up depending on where you live. And so there, one of the reasons that it's got to be getting worse is because for so long we've been locked in our house or locked in wherever and playing on our phone, mm-hmm. right? And so you get, you, you know, you find that is something to do. And so there is a little bit of caveat that says it's getting worse and it's gotten worse over the last six months because we've all been shut down. Mm -hmm. But in general, it was things were getting bad before this. Yes. And if people could just figure out what it is that makes them happy and pursue that, because figuring out these conspiracies, talking about, you know, why people believe this and who's lying about this, there's no way that brings them joy. Right. Find that thing that that unless, brings joy and go. Unless, unless what makes people happy is just believing that they're right. Yeah. And making sure everybody else knows they're right. Yeah. You know, and I just wish, I wish I could get off of Facebook altogether. I can't because of my job. Yeah. But I just wish people would share stuff that really matters and really changes lives and really because there's such good about social media you know so many stories are shared and so many causes are um, promoted and so many good so much good Mm -hmm. but it's just a whipping to hear all of the negative all of the complaining all of the name calling all all of that it's just exhausting yeah and i think if there's people that sit there and read all of that all day, every day, it's stealing your joy for sure. Yep. For sure. You can't be happy with reading that stuff all day. No way. It's exhausting. That was wearing on me because this week alone, at least four different occasions, including last night when I was with you, have I heard, oh, I hope you're not believing everything you hear in the news. This thing isn't even a big deal. This is all political. Don't worry. It's going to be over soon. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't either. And... What I'm afraid of is all of this isn't going to end after the election. It's not going to end when COVID numbers are down. Like, I think we've just gotten so divisive that yeah. it's the trend. 
Like, yeah. that it's cool to argue with folks. Well, okay. You do you, boo. So I know I brought it up, but mm-hmm. let's stop talking about COVID. Good. <laughs> no more. I just had to vent. I had to get that off. Oh, Johnny, do you feel better? <laughs> I feel so much better. Until tomorrow when somebody says, I hope you're not believing so, what they say. So all you people that talk to John about COVID this uh-huh. week. No more. Y'all done pissed him off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. just kidding. No more. No more. Amy, what's the next segment? Well, isn't that special? What do you want to talk about this week? You know what? I was thinking this week, and it's just, we are really, you know, Mabry doesn't have, like, she doesn't have friends like Jack has friends or like Slater has friends, right? Right. But we are so fortunate that she has, in her life, her favorite people. And, and that's all she needs, her favorite people. Yeah. Like the friends, like like the casual friends, it doesn't matter. So last night we had a big event and I didn't worry one single bit about her. Of course not. Because she was with Monica and that's her favorite person on the planet. She'd rather be with her than with us. It's true. It's true. And that just, I just love that. I just love that even like, and and it's not just Monica. Maggie is another one of hers. There's people that she here's what's great sorry maybe i'm changing subjects too quick but you know with us what's hard is transition for us to come in the house or come out of the house if she knows we're going somewhere it's an issue like we have to be really covert about getting ready and about what door we go out and about who leaves when and what time if she sees me put on my shoes yeah. She starts getting anxious. Right. Right. And so she knows, and if I'm ever drying my hair, <laughs> she knows something's going down. Um, so she knows we're going somewhere and she knows there's a chance she's not going with us. Mm-hmm. And so that gets her very nervous and very anxious and very um, unsure. And that starts behaviors and all of that because she is not feeling easy. Easy? Is that the word? Yeah, she's tense. Yeah, she's tense. Totally tense. And so, but last night, like, Monica Monica pulled up, and she could care less if we were there, if we... She was just waving at us. If we, like, actually took off in an airplane in our backyard, she wouldn't care. She wouldn't care. If we got in a hot air balloon in the backyard, (laughs) she would not care because she was there with Monica, and that just makes my heart so happy. She, and, and we were... We couldn't talk about Monica coming too much in advance, right. but I did start talking about Monica the day before because yes. I needed her to cooperate with yeah, me. Yeah, so, we, were, we were needing some leverage. Yeah, we were needing a little leverage. And so, of course, starting on Friday, all through the night, she's talking about Monica. She wakes up Saturday morning talking about Monica. Monica wasn't coming till the till mid-afternoon on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And... I wasn't even here when Monica came. I had gone to run somewhere and I came back and Monica's here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Monica, she has been talking about you for two days. Monica says, I know. I heard her scream when I pulled into the driveway. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. And it just makes me happy. Like, I hope everybody has a person like that, that just makes you scream when you see him. (laughs) Do you scream when you see me, Jenny? I do. (laughs) But no, it's just as a special needs parent, like when you worry about your child being 
with someone else or, you know, with a babysitter or anything like that. It just makes you happy to know that you have people that you can depend on and that they're fine. Like, Mabry's totally happy. I think that's the thing. Not that she's safe. Not that she, you know, someone's taking her to the bathroom or any, you know, I know that she's always cared for, but is she happy? And I just love that there are people like Monica and like Maggie that Mabry, they're, she's 100% happy with them. She's not mad at us that we left. You know, she's not sad. Um, So that makes me happy. Any parent has probably experienced the dropping your kid off at the nursery at church and they're kicking and screaming and you have to turn around and walk off. Yeah. Everybody knows what that feels like. Parents do. And so you, it's not that we don't have to go through that. There's times that we have to leave and Mabry's mad. That mm-hmm. happens. But the difference is when you're living with it for 18 years or maybe when it's something that you deal with your entire life, like maybe we will with Mabry, mm-hmm. the comfort that it is that you can walk away and not have that. Yeah. That her friend shows up. And, and to Mabry, Monica's just her best friend. Yeah. It's not a babysitter. Monica's uh-huh. her best friend here. So when Monica shows up, she just starts waving at us. Uh-huh. Like, okay, y'all can go. Y'all do your thing. I'm, I'm good. good. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. And so that was, that was, that just hit home with me this week. So. Yeah. And the reason she came last night is because you had your big fundraiser. We did. It was. For Blue Sky. And. Y'all can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm... What time is it, John? It is 6.15 on a Sunday evening. 6.15, and I am not already in my pajamas. I'm still in my pajamas. This is the most dressed up you've been all day. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Listen, it's just... It's months of work, like, work on top of my regular work. Yeah. That is just... it, It boils up to one night. And so it's just kind of a down day of, it was great last night. It was so good. Um, and it, it, it was just, it's it just, it's over. You know? it's over. And, and that's what I'm just so like, ah. um, but it was fun, you know, because of, I know John, you don't want to talk about COVID anymore, but because of COVID, we had to do a virtual gala and it just worked. Better than uh, better than normal. Games. We made more money than we usually make. Um, more people heard our story, and it was just fun. And it's always scary doing something different. We had no idea if it was going to work or not. Um, that was scary. That was a lot of pressure on me because I was the one planning it and pulling it off, and it was my idea. And you know, so that was a little scary. Um, but it worked, and people had a blast. It was so good. And the fact that it went virtual, like you said, more people saw your story is because it wasn't just 300 people who are in a tent together. That's a beautiful thing. That's living in community that is hard to replicate. And you don't want to take that away. But in, of the 300 people that are in that tent, we know so many of them. Mm-hmm. And so many of them at least know the Blue Sky story. And there's always new people every year. Yeah. But when you, the way that you did it, where you had host homes and then you broadcast it through Facebook and through YouTube, there were probably 300 people or more that had never heard the Blue Sky story before Right. that heard, heard it last night, in addition to the 300 people that would have been sitting in that tent. Yeah. So it was really cool. Um, what I loved most about it 
is that you and I stopped by a couple of host homes after we were done with the live stream. John, John and for those that don't know, John and I hosted it live. Um, and we can probably put the link um, yeah. in our show notes just so you can go check it out because the, the team that filmed it did such a great job. It was a lot of fun. Um, and we stopped by some homes afterwards and it was just like it felt... It didn't feel like a fundraiser. It yeah. felt like people were genuinely interested in what we do. Yeah. It wasn't a, oh, I need to get all dressed up and make an appearance and that it, you know, bid on this and do that and da da da. You know, it was, I think it was more about information, giving information. And yeah, we do need money at the same time, but here's why. You know, we were able to do that better. And just good conversations happened. It was amazing. That uh, stopping afterwards really opened my eyes to, to, we get in such, like you and I, because these events were part of, I mean, you're doing all the planning, but then I always help you in some mm-hmm. form, whether it's speaking or whatever. Sure. We get so wrapped up in the presentation mm-hmm. because it's so important. And that's where all the information comes from. And you don't want to mess that up. But we get so wrapped up in the presentation that sometimes we just forget and don't think about and don't put in perspective the impact that it's actually having in people's heart mm. and what they're actually not only learning, but feelings that they're experiencing that they haven't in a while because of whatever. Yeah. And so when we, the first host home we went to yesterday, there was a guy there who had never heard of Blue Sky before this event. And he just was so fired up <laughs> and he said, This is one of the coolest nights I've had in a long time. Mm. What I realize is I need to get my kids involved somewhere. I need to show them how to be servants. Okay. So this is bringing up something that he needs his kids to serve. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into, I need them. I want them to serve at a place like Blue Sky where they can be around this community of people with special needs because they don't know anybody. We Mm -hmm. don't have anybody in our family. And it got me thinking how big of an impact and take blue sky out of the equation, but because we are a special needs family and we're so close to other families, how big of an impact it has on children that can be around other children with special needs when they're at an early age Mm -hmm. and the differences in those children versus ones who aren't exposed to anybody and not that when they're not exposed to anybody, there's nothing wrong there. That's not their choice. Mm -hmm. It's probably, I mean, the reality is it's their parents choice to somehow get them involved or not. But imagine if a kid has been volunteering at a place like blue sky since say the second grade Mm -hmm. and just going out there a couple weekends a month and being around that community. And then there's a kid who doesn't ever meet a a kid with special needs until they get to middle school. Mm -hmm. And now they're in middle school. You've got someone who is going to be very comfortable and probably helping out that special needs kid. And the other kid, is probably going to be a little bit scared. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I've, I've seen this on TV, but I don't really know what to do. And so it started just really stirring up some thoughts that I, don't, that I didn't have before about, man, the impact that parents of typical children can have 
on their children for their children's good Mm -hmm. to just get them out into the special needs community somehow, some way. Right. Because I, I always think, oh, everybody knows somebody with special needs. You got a cousin, you got an uncle, you got, you know, somebody that's not true that not everybody has that close relationship. If parents of typical kids can start phrasing it in a way of, oh, these special kids need you so much instead of hey he's just a he's just a kid you know he's just a kid and not that it's like that we need to take pity on them or that we you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. in that if we can just start saying it's just the right thing to do you know and you don't need a pat on the back for it you don't need um it to be a facebook story if someone asks a high school kid with Down syndrome to prom, you know, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, just do it because you want to do it, not because you need to show people, hey, this is what I did, you know. So I really hope that parents can just start encouraging their kids to not, quote unquote, volunteer, but rather truly build relationships with special needs are people with special needs. Does that make sense? And that here's the truth. When volunteer groups and stuff like that come out, of course, I'm talking about Blue Sky because it's what I know. But anywhere, they always think they're coming out to serve Mm -hmm. and that they're coming out to help us so much because these kids need them so much. In reality, they end up more blessed. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? In that... We end up serving them, yeah, which is great. It's fine, but that's opening the world up, opening our story up, is allowing people to see what my, one of my favorite things is when you're talking to someone about whether it's Mabry, whether it's Blue Sky, whether it's Able Movement, whatever it is we do. What is one of the coolest things for me is when, like, it's almost like you can physically see the light bulb go on. When they realize these kids grow up. Yeah. You know, because that's a big thing for us is that it doesn't stop at 18. Yep. It's it's like almost like, holy cow, I never thought of that. Yeah. And so many people have it. You know, when we, you know, your mom was on, what, two weeks ago. You know, Aunt Nancy is 75 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, and <laughs> to think people don't think about special needs kids growing up. And I just think it's such an important story. I think we were able to show that in our fundraiser. I think it, the way that we were able to have it just sparked a lot of conversations. And I hope that those spark others. Yeah. And when we see, you know, when we see kids who aren't comfortable around kids with special needs, it's usually a sign that they haven't been around them before. It's not because they've been around them and they just don't like them. It's because they haven't been around them. And that's what we need the parents for. We Mm -hmm. need the parents. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was so so struck with last night. And when you say, like, people don't realize that when they go serve, they're the ones who are going to be blessed. Mm -hmm. It's not the other way around. We'll link the the video that you did for Blue Sky Mm -hmm. into this. Go watch this video because it shows stories of Blue Sky Riders mm-hmm. and things that they've done to progress. Things, you know, it's beautiful stories. 
if somebody walks into Blue Sky to say, I am going to go work in the purpose room today, I've never been there before, I have no idea what I'm walking into. When you walk in, if you link up with one of the clients, mm -hmm. that client is probably going to latch on to you mm -hmm. and just be your friend instantly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. What it's going to do to you is it's going to move you to tears. Mm -hmm. It's not going to move them to tears. No. <laughs> it's going to move you to tears. Yeah. You're emotionally impacted. They just made a new friend. Mm -hmm. That tells you right there who's getting blessed. One of you's in tears. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not the person that you think you're serving. That's right. That's right. Um, and just, this is so cliche also, but you know, we talk about inclusion, 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 um, in about, um, special needs, trying, you know, getting to fit into the typical world. You know, that's kind of what I love about, um, us opening the silo at blue sky, which is going to be our purpose store in that we're bringing the typical community into blue sky like you guys come and include with us for a little bit you yeah. know and so i really we're in they're including us yeah, yeah. we're no we're going to include them come on in we'll include you for a little bit <laughs> right. you know what i mean right. and so that's what i'm really excited about in that um people aren't doing us a favor mm -hmm. by including us it's the right thing to do and everybody deserves it um so i'm excited to kind of hopefully begin to mesh those communities together to where there's not such a difference. There's yeah. not the, the stereotypical differences between the two. Hopefully they start looking a little bit more alike than yeah. different. And you know what? That may be the change we see in the country. You know, if we can start meshing those two communities, why can't we mesh all the other communities that are at odds with each other? You know, that's the kind of stuff we need to be talking about right yes. there. Not the, Conspiracy, th conspiracy okay. theories. Amy this. Gay Hart for 2020. I'm <laughs> running for president, folks. Who's gonna be, who wants to be my running mate? So I introduced you at the beginning of this podcast as the wife who I'm so incredibly proud of. Yes. And last night is the reason why I said that. And I, I think I said this last year is I... I hate that I talk about how proud I am of you always at Horses and Hope <laughs> because as if I'm not proud of you all the other times, that's just the night in which you shine every year because not only are you great in the presentation, I get to see everything that happens behind the scenes and there's a team of people. It's not like yes. Amy's a one-man show. There's a no. ton of people. Yep. I just happen to be sitting on the couch next to a person who works tirelessly for three months leading up to it and doesn't sleep a lot and is all about how to make this thing succeed for Blue Sky and how to share our story. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I'm so proud of you for every year. And then when you really think about what we just talked about, you introduced this story to so many new people. So many people got emotions stirred up about how they can be a better, a better parent, a better brother, a better person in their community, how they can be more involved, how they can serve. All of these things that are impacting other people because that has to do with an event that you put on and it runs so incredible. Well, thank you. But I mean, truly a team of people making this thing happen, a team of community partners mm -hmm. making this thing happen. So it was a lot of fun. And for you, my gosh, we, we looked pretty good up there, didn't we? Yeah, we did good. We did pretty good. We did. I, I felt like I needed you. makeup. You had so much makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> I walked. So can you make? Can you get me a makeup person next year? I will because 
I I don't ever get. I think I've gotten my makeup and hair done like twice in my life. When was our wedding? I didn't even have my makeup done then. Oh really? No. But one one of them was Horses and Hope like three years ago. Okay. But so I don't do that. I'm not. I mean, I get dressed up, but I don't. You know, usually do the big up do and all that kind of stuff. And I walked out, and Slater goes, "Ooh." And I was like, whoa, that's not good. And he said, well, you just don't look like yourself. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. You're right. I don't. But you did look a little washed out next to me. <laughs> <laughs> you need to give me a spray tan next year or something. <laughs> so funny. Some, and when we talked about earlier in the episode about not being around for Jack's homecoming, that's why. is because yes. his homecoming was on the same night as Horses and Hope. and we had, Which was planned well in advance. Oh, yeah. Before, even before... The homecoming date was planned. (laughs) So don't be like, oh, well, why did you plan it on the same night? Oh, don't even. Yeah. And like he was not going to go anyway. No. As far as we were concerned. Yeah. Okay, Amy. What you digging this week? So I've talked before about my friend Sarah Beth Baca, who's an artist. And she's just done a series of, well, she's been working on it for a while. Is this the one who did the Women of the Bible? yes, Yes. She does Women of the Bible. I'm so excited because she has put all of her women of the bible prints and pieces of artwork in a coffee table book that has the stories along with them and so you can pre-order this book right now and it can be to you in time for christmas i think this would be an amazing gift um for any of your people while you've got it on your phone Mm -hmm. right this second will you send it to me Yes. To make sure it'll be in our show notes. Yes, I will. Because that looks cool. That's a coffee table book I would actually read. I mean, so cool. And just, it's just, be. I, I, I love artwork, right? Love, love, love. And these, I've just latched onto them. She's so talented and it's just fun that it's a, an old friend of mine. And so I'm proud of you, Sarah Beth Baca, because it's really cool. I don't like artwork at all. Okay. But... I love what she does because I, I can see this. That's some artwork that I can start to understand. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, get the story behind yeah, it and all of that. It's really cool. So go get you a coffee table book from Sarah Beth Baca. It, yes. it would be amazing. Yes. What you digging? So you were actually just talking a lot about inclusion, which is where our overarching message is yeah. as what we do on a daily basis and, and really with this podcast too. And so we are announcing... We, being the Abled Movement, with along with your help, we're announcing a challenge coming up for the end of November that is called the We Belong 100 This challenge. is really cool. You came up with this this idea. And you know, you come to me with some stuff and I'm like, eh. Yeah, you love this one from the get-go. Yeah. All of my ideas need to be tweaked by you. <laughs> and so there's a lot of tweaking. The end result is a lot of tweaking. And we have a board of directors and, you know, we, sure. we talk and, and how, how to make this thing. But... What this is, is it's a, it's a challenge that spans 11 days and it goes from Thanksgiving day, which is November 26th to two Sundays later, which is like December 5th or 6th or something like that. And the challenge is to move, this is an exercise challenge, to move a hundred miles in 11 days. Now you're moving that in something that's not motorized. So you can be walking, you can be running, riding a bike rollerblading, elliptical machine, whatever it is that you want to do. Riding a horse? No, that's not going to count. Because... (gasps) All right. And so, um, now, 
that sounds like a lot. It's like nine miles a day around. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. Now I hear of people like tracking on their steps on their Fitbit and the goal is to get to 10,000 steps. So 10,000 steps is about five miles. Oh, okay. All right. And so doubling that, of course, it's a big deal. Now there's a way to participate without having to do the challenge for anybody who's Tell me more. <laughs> I'm in now. For I didn't know this. Who doesn't like to do the move? Okay, okay, I'm in. What do I need to do? I need to go back. I need to backtrack for a minute because <laughs> we are raising money. This is obviously a fundraiser run by the Abled Movement. All the profits that we make during this fundraiser, we are going to give out through a grant application process to nonprofits who offer inclusion opportunities. Perfect. Okay? Blue Sky would want to be one of those nonprofits. The Abled Movement, we don't have any, we don't offer that kind of thing. So it's going to go through a grant application process. So whatever we raise during this, 100% of that, of the profits, are going to go out through the grant applications after the fact. I love it. And so uh, anybody that wants to support is doing a registration for $50. When they do the registration for $50, they get a t-shirt that's a totally cool t-shirt that says something about We Belong 100. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. You do know because I, I do know, but it. it's like 100. Uh, anyway. It's, you can, it's, a cool, it's a cool design. It's a cool design. And people are going to want this t-shirt just for the $50 and support. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And so then anybody who wants to complete the challenge then gets a complete a finisher hoodie now this thing is awesome it is pretty cool it says something to the effect of i completed the we belong 100 because inclusion is dope it is dope it's a really cool hoodie it's cute and so there's two ways that you can get that hoodie one is you complete the challenge you move 100 miles and you screenshot your mile tracker at the end of the 11 days, you post it on social media, you email us and we send you a hoodie. Okay. So what if that doesn't work for you, John? What's next? <laughs> if that doesn't work, then you still register for $50. Okay. You still get the We Belong 100 t-shirt. And then you can do a separate fundraiser on your Facebook page. Okay. And all you have to raise is $100. Done. So you raise an additional $100 over the 50 that you already paid for registration. That's awesome. And with that, you get a finisher hoodie. I love it. And so then all that money is going to go. But you can, if you're doing the challenge, mm -hmm. can't you get people to sponsor you and raise money in that way? Absolutely. So that's the idea. That's the idea. Don't lose part of that. I'm joking about the fact that I don't want to do the 100 miles, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, but the idea is to get sponsors, kind of like a jump-a-thon yeah. or a turkey trot or something like that. So and that's cool. What would be even better is to just share it and have them go register as yes. a participant. Because all, all somebody has to do is register. They're given 50 bucks and they're getting a t-shirt. That's awesome. So whether they sponsor you or not doesn't even matter. Just get them to give the 50 bucks. Let's see how many states we can get participating. That's what I want to do. That's, that's cool. What, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And so this and the reason for the dates is because first off, how, you feel so much better about you know the damage you do on Thanksgiving Day through the gluttony <laughs> by if you get any kind of walking in. Mm -hmm. So we we always run on Thanksgiving Day before Mabry and I do before we eat. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I can go to town now. Well, then these eleven days, that's really you just finished Thanksgiving. You're leading up to the holidays, to all the parties. It's just a good way to be healthy. 
and you're setting yourself up to, okay, I know I want to, I want to enjoy the holidays. I want to enjoy the parties and the pie and the banana pudding and whatever else, but Hey, I'm also getting all these steps in while I'm doing it. And so the timing was intentional. The 11 days starts on Thanksgiving. Cause a lot of places have a Turkey trot. So I want that to count. Mm-hmm. And then it, I wanted two weekends to count and that whole week after. So that's the reason for the 11 days. I love it. And so, yeah. Um, you can learn more by going to the Abled Movement website. It's weareabled.org. You'll find everything there. All you got to do is pay your 50 bucks. You get a t-shirt. You can decide later if you actually want to go for that finisher hoodie. There's a lot of time. Until you're going to want to go for the finisher hoodie. Once you see that hoodie, you're going to want it. Pretty and cool. I'm going to get all sorts of emails about how do I get this hoodie? I don't want to do the <laughs> challenge. Well, you got to do the who, challenge. Who sent that email? That's weird. Huh? It wasn't uh, Amy at, if you see it, you won't come in from anonymous wife at an old hotmail. Not (laughs) Amy.com. Just wondering, just curious. All right. So you're about to hear the conversation that we have with Jamel Owens. He has a show called The Awesome Show. He's also on a podcast called The Ben and Jay Show. His story, you're going to hear his story, but just a, a brief summary is Jamel has a medical condition that he grew up with his entire life. And you're going to hear about a little bit of the struggles that came along with that. And then when he became a dad, his son was diagnosed with autism. And so we really hear his story of grieving as a father of special needs, talking to other fathers of special needs, great advice for fathers with special needs. And then also how it relates to the condition in which he grew up with. And so just a dynamic speaker, a wonderful story, a great encourager. And I know that we had so much fun during our conversation. And I know our listeners are going to learn a lot from him and really be encouraged and get some good advice as well. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Jamel Owens. I grew up. I'm an 80s baby, so obviously uh, you can tell just from my my demeanor, um, a little bit about my my physical appearance. I grew up in that urban culture, which is completely fine. And unfortunately, with the urban culture, a lot of our slang, uh, give you an instance using the word retarded, didn't really necessarily mean anything negative, but it could have been something that we used jokingly with uh, some of our friends when we were talking about something. I grew accustomed to seeing anything that I didn't know and that I was scared of, of saying that it was retarded. So when I did see individuals that had special needs, uh, things outside of that, I, I, I labeled them that. Now, be known to anybody that may be watching this is that I am characterized as being someone uh, that is disabled myself. So it's kind of it's uh, real weird how that actually happened. Um, I have on my leg what is called an AV fistula, which is uh, the missing of the main vein that extends down to my feet and, and transfer the blood back up to my brain. So the doctors had to make a quick fix uh, when I was born or I would have passed away at the actual birthing table. And now I have something that is physically noticeable by anybody who sees me. Uh, especially if I wear shorts or if I'm out at the pool or anything. And this used to haunt me for so many years. So you can see the pain and the suffering that I went through. And instead of harboring that and turning it into positive, I wanted to transfer that pain to someone else. 
Um, so when I, I was sitting in the office uh, with his mother um, and, and we, we got the diagnosis of autism, it was just as flat as it possibly can be. Mm-hmm. And this was no fault of the physicians as there's no back out plan for a, a doctor to really connect uh, with their patients and with the parents and also that individual that's been diagnosed. There, it really isn't. It's really up to the actual doctor themselves, the, the physicians. Um, but it was just basically said, hey, your child does have autism. I can really recall everything about that. The first thing was just regret. And um, I'm sorry to say um, it was, and I'm just being transparent with you. I wanted to hit that restart button. I wanted to say, hey, you know, God, why, why are you giving me this child that is not quote unquote normal? I don't deserve this. I deserve a normal child. I deserve a child that will do better in life. I deserve a child that will that will exceed anybody's thoughts and opinions of, of what a man can do. And now I'm just stuck with this child. So that was the first thing that I felt. I felt like pointing at my then wife and saying, hey, this is your fault, which is completely wrong. There's no one's fault in this. This is a gift from God. This is a blessing. And those who actually endure the time together through this trial will actually see that. So that was the second emotion. And, and the third thing was, okay, this is my fault. So you can see the transition between, I want to start over, this is your fault, and this is my fault. And, and what I felt was like, okay, there's something wrong with me. I failed as a man to produce a, a, a very strong, will-bodied child who will grow up to be this virile, you know, man that everybody will adore and love. I failed at this. Well, really, I actually was uh, conceiving a blessing upon myself and the world, but I just didn't see that. So that was the three things that I felt initially um, at getting the diagnosis of my son. And it, it, it took a toll. It, it took a toll. I, I searched for everything outside of my own family to help me cope with this diagnosis, going out, drinking, uh constantly partying, uh, just hanging out with my friends instead of instilling the foundation at my home with my then wife and, and, and really building that love and that understanding and starting to look about this autism, about what it is, about who are these individuals. You know, it, too often the women, the wives, and, and shout out to all the mothers out there, all the single uh, women, they are the forerunner. They are the ones that hit the ground running. You know, they put the feet down to the floor and they start researching about this. I was dealing with my own ego problems, my own masculinity issues to even start to deal with my sons. So that was a hindrance in mine. And I know a lot of men actually go through that. So, uh, you know, it, it took me a very, very long time, but I had to process what was inside my heart and my mind first. And unfortunately, I took the coward way out. I took the way of the world, you know, and you can't do that when it comes down to development of your child and, and, and building that love. Jamel, just speaking as a father and to a father and speaking to other fathers, you know, you talked about some of your grieving process and those three emotions. As you get to know other fathers, what do you think the common grieving process looks like for a father? And what advice do you give them or would would you tell the the not only the fathers listening but also maybe the wives who are trying to be partners with their husband who are going through the same grieving i think the the most commonality when it when we're speaking to men 
um, talking about first-time diagnosis um, is the fact that they need to hear and they need to feel that it will be okay. Um, not just men, but women also, the wives, the partners in this situation, that it, it will need to be okay. And that is nobody's fault. It's not yours. It's not, it's not hers. It's not his. It's nobody's fault. Um, once again, ego, um, you know, masculinity, uh, pride, these are the three things that play a lot into a man's think, thinking process when it comes down to that diagnosis. Um, what I see the most is a man's pride being affected. And mm -hmm. that is the thing that can really subtract his, his presence when it comes down to being in a marriage or a relationship, whatever the case may be, the situation may be. So I think it, it's the, the absence of pride when they hear that their son or daughter has been diagnosed um, on the spectrum. That is an internal issue, but this internal issue can actually be helped. It can be nurtured from the woman. But us as men, what we do is we shut off our wives, our partners, because we have that mentality, once again, our pride saying, oh, I can handle this. I can get over this. You're not going to be able to do, I'm telling you, listen, let me get close to this camera. <laughs> going to be able to do this alone, nor should you want to do this alone. And the reason why I say this, if we go back to the simple principles and, and, and you know, no disrespect to anybody out here who has a different religion, um, I'm a Christian, but we go back to the simple principles, which has helped me in my marriage, in my relationship, in my loving my son and loving everybody that's on the autism spectrum or with special needs. God knew Adam needed Eve. Mm -hmm. Adam didn't ask for her, but God knew that he needed her. So what did he do? He placed Adam to sleep. He took a rib from Adam. He made Eve. This is predestined. This is before time. You need that woman in your life. And more so, now you guys need each other. And especially in America, you two become one. You are now one person that intertwined within each other that are supposed to share the, the, the cries, the smiles, the the upsets, the triumphs, everything. So you need to work together as a team. That is your teammate. So for the woman that's out there who, who, who can't seem to get across to their husband, who, who seems to fall short every single time, who's frustrated herself, who has those, those thoughts, Amy, just like you said, that this is my fault too. You have to realize that you guys are on a team. You, you, you have to really question that man for his integrity when it comes down to being that man in, in the relationship and the leader of that whole household. What are we going to do? Hold them accountable. The Bible holds every single person accountable for what they do, especially for me. And my wife corrects me all the time. She says, yo, what are, what are you going to do? You know, if it's something that I don't want to face, what are you going to do? And she leaves it in my hand. So I think, I think that that's a straight jab at, at men's pride. Like, yo, what are you going to do? Uh, and give it to them, and either we're going to take that shot, and we're going to keep on fighting, or we're going to take the shot, and we're going to fall down. Either way, you're at the mercy of God. Either way, you're going to get through this, but you have to work as a team. That's going to be open communication. That's going to be those tough conversations, you know, conversations I have with my son's moms, conversations I have with my wife, conversations I have with my son. Those tough conversations are going to happen. But it can just be open, be willing, be patient, very, very patient and, and let your husband know 
I'm your partner. You don't have to play that pride role with me. I'm here with you, but I need you to be open, to be compassionate, to be transparent, to be present. The most important thing. With what you're saying with the pride, because I think men in general are considered fixers. Like they just want, if they hear, okay, so how do we fix it? Instead of, and this isn't something you can just fix. I think that that's (laughs) where many husbands and fathers kind of lose their way because this isn't a fix. There's not an easy fix. Let's let's pose another question. What about those single mothers who unfortunately have been placed in the imbalanced state of being that provider? What I'm saying by imbalance is no disrespect because my mother was a single mother for so many years, but now she has to play both roles of the male and the female in the family. So when she does meet that, you know, that Prince Charming or, or that person that, that wants to be a part of her life, wants to come into her life, it's very hard for her to relinquish that power. Mm-hmm. That's pride. That's a male pride placed into the position of a woman. And it, 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 it's, it's nothing wrong with it. Don't get me. Don't don't misread what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with it. But women do have that. And, and sometimes it, it, it causes some heads to butt. It does. It causes some heads to butt. So I think it's on both sides of the spectrum, both male and female. It just really depends on the situation. But yes, everyone has to relinquish pride. They have to remove themselves from themselves in order to, one, love your partner and then love your child. So it's, 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 a, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, Jamil. Our life-changing moment in our relationship and in our marriage was when, in my head, we became Team John and Amy. And it was, it was one person, just like you said, one team after the same goal, and we need each other. You got to be the one. Men, you have to be the one that breaks that cycle, that sits there and comes towards your wife and apologizes. Sometimes it, it does take a while. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what, it's better to separate and go into separate rooms and think about it, but at the end of the day... You have to be open with your partner. That's the most, uh, the best advice that I can give you. How are you going to step up to just sit there and be like, listen, babe, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry for everything, but we need to be together on this. Are you going to be that person? You know, and I think that's more. And, and this is something, unfortunately, I had to learn the hard way. So, you know, once again, shows like this where everybody are interviewing guests, we don't want you to go down that road. We mm-hmm. want you to actually see this and be like, hey, I can stop this now. And, and, and they gave me the formula on how to stop this. So Jamil, tell us how the awesome show came about. Tell us about the beginning of that. What continues to fulfill me is, is loving and serving on others. So uh, that's pretty much the mission um, of, the, of the awesome show. But also continued on to that was, I, I see the need for men to actually have content that uplifts them spiritually, mentally, and physically. So I try to speak and pour into men, especially because we are supposed to be the leaders of the household. Um, we are supposed to be the ones that help build the foundation of our family. So, you know, I'm always trying to uplift them with books, literature that they can actually read. I offer to send fathers free literature from me, just from me loving on them. Hopefully, it will guide them towards where they need to be in life, their purpose, and help them out in their goals in the future. So uh, that's how it started. It just started with one man 
having anger towards the whole world, going through a divorce, uh, feeling like crap, like he's nothing, and channeling that to positive energy uh, to love on others to make sure that they don't go through the same thing either. I was looking for something to try to empower individuals to give hope to somebody, especially in these times. And I, I looked in my Bible after coming from church and I, and I pulled up Isaiah 41, chapter 41, verse 10. And it says, do not, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How can we not feel the, the, the warmth and the love with that? I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. So when you, not to, to minimize the creator God, but when you look at that, look at our awesome children. Look at, look at people like Shane. And when you're down, when you feel like you can't do this no more, who are the individuals that look at you, that smile, that come into that room, that gives you that hug, that warm embrace? who strengthens you and who upholds you. This is God in these children. You gotta love that. You gotta see the blessing in that. Men, you have to understand that you will enrich treasures beyond imagine just by dying to yourself, understanding what your purpose is and loving these individual children. We hope you guys enjoyed that short portion of our interview with Jamil Owens. If you wanna hear the entire conversation, Make sure you go and check out our YouTube channel, Totally Worth It, with John and Amy. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, and that way you get all the updates of when something is posted. And also go and subscribe to the Totally Worth It podcast wherever you get your podcast. Comment, like, share, help others be able to find us. We hope you have a great week. See ya.